You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big New Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into the program, Big Noon Sports at Big Noon on a sunny Tuesday afternoon in Alabama. It's a really pretty looking day. I don't know how long that's going to last. I've read a couple of reports that we might get some inclement weather here, uh, most notably on Wednesday and early Thursday. Anyway, um, I'm going to start the show today, guys, with two really good pieces of information, all right? Because we haven't been able to do that in, what, seven or eight years? Ah, this Brandon Miller has just exhausted me. Is it you? <laughs> it's just, uh, anyway, first of all, and you know my sweet wife, it's Karen's birthday. Uh, happy we, birthday, We Karen. will not sing happy birthday. We will not do that. But um, happy birthday to the love of my life. She's sweet. Okay. Now, story you may not have seen, but here is my, other than Karen, here's my hero of the day. And guess where she's from, Lars? Where? Moral... High School, Nebraska. All right. M-O-R-R-I-L-L. I think it's like 2,500 people. Are you familiar with it? I am not. It, well, it's, it's a little bitty, tiny town. Anyway, they were going, their high school cheerleading squad was going to state. You know, that's a big deal. You know, I would think so in Nebraska. It's big here. The Nationals are great. But anyway, obviously, this is a smaller school. They only have four cheerleaders. Well, two weeks before the competition, three quit, leaving Katrina Coel solo. The sponsor, the cheerleading sponsor, said, listen, I know we can't compete, but since you're still here, you can go to the, you know, to the championships. She had a better idea. I'm going to make up my own solo routine, which she worked diligently on for two weeks, she goes, and by herself, she competes for the Nebraska State Championship. Now, I'd like to say that she won, but she did finish 8 out of 12. How much does that tell you about this little girl and just how much it made me feel better today? Yeah, that illustrates uh, determination, work ethic, confidence, and I'd be willing to guess really good parents. That have uh, instilled her with the right values. Um, And I was thinking about just parenting uh, yesterday. Uh, First off, uh, all this occurred at my son's baseball game. He's he's seven, and he just he he loves baseball. Loves baseball. Pretty good player. Uh, Yeah. So, for there, here's the good part of it. And uh, two outs, uh, bottom of the sixth. Uh, my uh, my son's team is down three. There's two, or down four. There's two runners on. 
and Lincoln gets down to two strikes, and, you know, instead of, like, shriveling at the moment, he hit a bomb, a bomb, went over the left fielder's head, home run. First home run of his, of his first, like, legit home run of his uh, young playing career. And he just, he came through when it mattered most. Now, the next kid up made it out, and the team ended up losing. But I went up to Lincoln after the game, and I just said, man, you, you delivered. You delivered. Yeah. You didn't, didn't bother you that it was two strikes. And, it, and, and I just said, I'm so proud of you. And he looked at me, and he says, Daddy, that's what Andersons do. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, where does this confidence come from? And, you know, upon some reflection, I just think it's because his mom and his dad love him. And we are always there for him, you know. And, and it's just, uh, uh, it, it's so great to see, and I've mentioned this before, how confidence that he has developed in sports has now spilled over into his social life into more more importantly into his schoolwork like he is just excelling in the classroom uh you know he's like i would consider him uh, based on what his teachers told me and i was just there for a a reading event the other day um that that he's he's become a classroom leader and so i just again love your kids love your kids because um, you can tell just out on the baseball field uh, the kids who don't have confidence, you know. And, and I'm not saying that that's a reflection of poor parenting. Uh, Sometimes they're just not very good. Yeah. You know, and, and it does help that he, he's got excellent hand-eye yes. coordination. And I, and I and hate it And he's fast. Um, and then here's the other thing, Matt. I, I'm not going to say what team this was because, uh, well, I just won't. But... Um, Seven-year-olds, this kid was uh, the best player on, on, on a team. He hit uh, first two at-bats, hit home runs. Third at-bat, intentionally walked by the coach. Seven years old, intentionally walked by the coach. Now, is that poor sportsmanship to you? I didn't say anything to the coach, but I was flabbergasted. Uh I don't know. I can just kind of base it on when I was playing at that level, we were doing that. That's seven Maybe years not old? seven, but eight or nine, yeah. How is that we kid going to get any better if, he's, if you're intentionally walking him? I he's understand. already hit two bombs. I know, but I've already... I know, I know. How is your team going to learn anything if they're getting the snot I, kicked I, out? And I, I understand that intentional walks are a part of the game, and they're going to have to be incorporated into the game at some point. But to me, it just it just felt... Wrong. Um, did they throw four pitches, or did they just direct him to first? No, they just direct him to first. And, and apparently, did. well, yeah. and obviously, it's it, they, it's in the rules that you so. can do that once a game. Oh, apparently, oh, just to one well, batter. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Once a game, yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't know. Um, you can certainly you if we differ there, but once a game, you put him on. Um, if that's a part of the game, that's it. Then use use the rule. I would have. And what is your experience? When do the uh, players start separating themselves from, you know, the, the, the really good ones from, you know, just ki- the sort of average players? The, the really good ones 
can do it at seven, which obviously Lincoln and this other young man yeah. have. But it was my experience that about nine, you, you really, there, the gap started uh, getting larger. And then when you were 10, 11, 12, you were, we weren't actually in a separate league. You know, yeah. That's where kind of the cream rose to the crop there. Um, and I was very blessed to be a part of that. I, I, I was never really that good, but I really, man, I'm like, I was like Lincoln. I love the game. I'd go out in the parking lot and throw throw BP right now, although my, my ribs <laughs> and my dental yeah. work might prevent me from doing anything. But, it's, uh, it, it's serious business here in Alabama, baseball. Well, it is taking, you're also in Vestavia. Yeah. Vestavia is real. It, it's real, real serious. serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the game last night didn't start till 7. <laughs> so I mean, seven-year-old. Yeah, and you know, what's, my, what's my, the bedtime? My, eight thirty. Yeah, my and my twin girls, you know, attended as well, and they're six. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, Matt, but uh, the University of Nebraska is going to be holding a volleyball match at Memorial Stadium. And they're going to try to get 70,000 women's volleyball. Bring your opera glasses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But it, I think that's, it could be a really cool event. And that just shows you how important women's volley- volleyball is in the state of Nebraska. And they're, they're uh, repeatedly, continually, you know, one of the best programs in the country. And, and they should have one cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> Katrina Quell. I think that would be perfect. All right, um, this is a sports show. We're talking about sports, but uh, on the, I guess, more headline area, uh, I've been reading about this for about a day now. But this is huge news if it starts working out and into different directions, i.e. into different conferences. Have you been seeing the stuff about Clemson and Florida State being unhappy in the ACC? Yeah. I don't think this, this should shatter anybody. I mean, this has been coming, hadn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, they could make almost twice as much if they went to another league. The process of that, though, could prove very costly for Clemson and Florida State, and it would probably take a decade. No, I'm just kidding. It wouldn't take that long. But, Lars, my question to you is, in five years, will Clemson and Florida State be playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Uh, boy, that you know, it, it, it's... It's like musical chairs right now, and and you don't want <laughs> musical chairs on the sinking of the Titanic, <laughs> and and you don't. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that's what a, a that, that, that's, no, a, that's, that's a that's, that's actually a mixed metaphor that doesn't work. But there's it's musical chairs, and you want to get into the SEC or the Big Ten. I think those are you know the those are going to be the two main conferences, and. Um, and, and and look, both uh, yeah, you said FSU and Clemson. They're unhappy about the ACC's current revenue distribution uh, in football, and how just the gap has widened with other conferences. Um, and FSU athletic director Michael Alford said, "Quote: Something has to change moving forward." But here's the deal: the ACC is locked in its current TV deal until 2036. And and you know the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big Twelve, they just had recently got to redo their deals, and they're far more lucrative than the ACC. Um, and, uh, and 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 right now, Florida State, 
currently represents uh, 70% more viewers than the ACC average, and Clemson's not that far behind. So those are obviously the two marquee teams, right? FSU and Clemson. Uh, If they were to get out of the conference and join the SEC, that could mean... That could be the death of the ACC. That's goodbye, ACC. That could be the death of the ACC. That would embolden the Big 12. And I, I think we could be headed to a situation where... It's just three mega conferences, and so I think it's gonna, and, that, is, that, and that third conference, Matt, I yeah. think is going to come down to either the Big Twelve or the ACC. I, I agree with that, but right now it's looking more like it'll be the Big Twelve. If you asked me six months ago, I said no way, it'll be ACC. Yeah. So it's it's a huge game of chess, and um, right now, uh, if Clemson and Florida State were to enter the Southeastern Conference. With the addition in 2024 of Oklahoma and Texas, it's pretty much game, set, and match. The SEC and the Big Ten. That, yeah. That's my view. That's my view. And also, so what the Florida State Athletic Director essentially is asking for is an uneven revenue distribution model, right? That they get a bigger slice of the pie than everyone else because there's more eyes on FSU than everyone else. And if they don't get it, they're bolting. They're leaving. And Clemson is basically saying the same thing. And, I mean, is that fair? To have uneven uh, uh, revenue distribution? Not in the general concept of having a conference. That that wouldn't fly. member institutions. That wouldn't fly in the SEC. That wouldn't fly in the Big Ten. But you know what flies? Money. And if they can keep them by giving them more... If if you're North Carolina State, would you be okay with that? Uh, that's, a <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, right now, Florida State makes around. This is this is huge. I didn't realize this number was so big, but they make around thirty-eight million less than Big Ten teams and thirty million less than SEC programs after the revenue is dispersed uh, through. Uh, the, the 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 TV rights deal uh, that the ACC has, so um, you're they're at a significant deficit, right? And you know that hurts with uh, facility uh, development enhancement. It just hurts with everything when you're when you are operating uh, basically forty forty million dollars in the hole, not in the hole, but behind the top programs in the Big Ten, and then $30 million behind the top programs in the SEC. Tough to bridge that gap. Did you see who uh, North Carolina hired? Football. It's, it's very interesting because he was a part of a conversation just a couple of weeks ago. We'll be back on Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A wind advisory remains in effect this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 78, the low tonight, 51. Tomorrow, dry and mild, the sky partially sunny, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. And see exactly... Durante back. All right, we're back on Big Nine Sports. Hope everybody's having a super day. Um... Running on to a couple of things because um, we're not real heavy on one topic here, so we're going to talk about a bunch. Um, how about this one, Lars? The Rams have suggested, and I guess their combine line like meetings. The LA Rams have put this out there for the owners to consider: make roughing the passer reviewable. Lars Anderson, your thoughts. <laughs> Uh, adding more uh, subjectivity. Uh, make roughing the passer reviewable. I, I wouldn't necessarily be against it as long as the rule is more clearly defined as to what constitutes roughing the passer and what doesn't. Um, you know, it, w- it would slow the pace of play. Uh, but, you know, if you have the technology, why not? I still don't understand why the the chain gang still exists. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh. <laughs> those guys need they need work. They need the hours. Couldn't you just like use I don't know microchips or something in the ball? Or, oh for, yeah, for, that, for that, spotting. That, yeah. For, well, actually no, because it's where the, when the knee goes down. But I I, I don't know. It, it just seems like that is very antiquated. <laughs> Baseball, you know, is, 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 if you will, as as stuffy and as old school as that sport is, they've got an electronic strike zone now. And if they'll relinquish to something like that, you'd figure you would figure the first downs by a laser would be, uh, you know, pretty easy. easy. Yeah. I mean, good grief. They show you the 10 yards on TV. You know, it's It's, done graphically. It's not really on the field. It's usually accurate too uh, just to throw this in there you know the first sport i ever saw do that to use something like on the playing surface that was only there to the tv viewers hockey yes it was yeah the puck the puck was blue and it was great it was because let made me tell it, you it is a lot easier to follow the puck yeah absolutely <laughs> and it worked because uh what they are they, do that. What they, are they slapping that thing around 120 yeah, miles an hour they don't do that anymore um i don't think no they don't but um Anyway, um, I, I thought that was interesting. So define the rule a little bit more and then allow it. The, you know, our minds do work alike in some areas. The first thing I thought is, golly, aren't we slowing it down enough? But then I thought back to this year and in previous years as they have changed the rules for roughing the passer that, you know, they've gotten it wrong a lot. Yeah. I mean, even a novel, novice fan would go, that's rough. Uh, that's not. And most of the time, wouldn't you agree, Lars, that it errs on the side of roughing? 
Oh, absolutely. Why not? That's, absolutely, I guess because uh, yeah, the, the the way the rules are now, quarterbacks are very much protected. That's why a big reason why Tom Brady was able to play twenty plus years is because uh, he had that one significant injury uh, when he tore his ACL uh, against the Chiefs, maybe in like the fifth year of his career, somewhere in there. Um, and then Matt Castle came in and did a really good job. Uh, I think they got him to the playoffs. But um, other than that, Tom was able to avoid uh, significant, any significant injury. I mean, he attributed a lot of that to uh, the, the pliability, uh, plyometrics that he used, uh, you know, all the band work. Tom doesn't really lift weights that much. It's all about doing band work, being flexible. Um, and being able to take hits. But you saw him at the sort of toward the end of last year, he started sort of bracing for hits. You know, he wasn't keeping his eyes down the field because the, the, <laughs> the older you get, the more it hurts. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I would know that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same phenomenon in NASCAR. Why is it that the, the magical age of when a NASCAR driver suddenly gets old is about 43? It's because he has hit that wall, or she has hit that wall so many times. Don't want to do it again because it, it, it takes a little longer to recover at 43 than at 23. And you're not willing to put your car in harm's way to uh, take those chances that you need to take in order to win. Right, very few possess that yeah. past a certain age. I mean, Earnhardt had Earnhardt. You know, he was fifty when. Uh, he, yeah, and he, he was still running Yeah, he was still running in the front. Um, I think he finished second in points the year before. Uh, I think he finished second the year in points in the yeah. year before 2000. he died. Yeah, yeah two thousand. Was it two thousand? Was that his last year? Or uh, the no, old one last, was his. I don't remember. I don't, I don't either. Uh, I want to ask Christian real quick, uh, before we go to the bottom of the hour, we're going to try and hook up with Nate Oates and his news conference here in just a few minutes. But before we go to the bottom of the hour break, uh, Christian, uh, would you be in agreement with having roughing the passer reviewable? Uh, if anything to give us defenders a better, uh, I would say, a fighting <laughs> chance. Um, yeah, 100%. Because I think right now, you know, look, I'm all for – uh, implying rules that create parity uh, and equivalence and protection for players. But uh, the fact of the matter is the defenders are at such a disadvantage. I mean, as a defender myself, and specifically a pass rusher, I'll tell you, I mean, it's inevitable to land on a guy a certain way. Um, you know, like they don't want you to pile drive guys or drive your shoulder in them. And I understand that if it's a dirty tactic. But, I mean, when you're going in on it for a sack, I mean – Guys, this happens so fast. You don't have time to process, oh, I need to uh, specifically, strategically tackle him this way, right? Like, you are trying to make a play. You don't have time. The quarterback's going to get the ball out, right? Like, it, it, everything is so quick. So I'm all for reviewing it. I think they need to be a little more lenient on these defenders because not only are we getting flags, but when you get that flag, you're, you're subject to a fine. And I'm talking like $10,000 for a simple mistake, right? And, again, I'm all for the protection of players, but right now us defenders are at such a disadvantage. So anything to give us a fighting chance to say, hey, that wasn't a flag, you need to review that, I'm all for it. 
Sounds like you're defending Joseph Asai, Christian. Absolutely <laughs> Sorry, not. So don't try joke. to get that. Don't try to get that in here. Don't don't try to use my answer for any gain towards your Bengals or that guy. He made a bonehead decision. Long, so I'm not backing him at all. He, hey, do the you crime. Do sounds the like to me is a. It sounds to me like a guy that got hit with ten grand and didn't even know it was coming. Exactly. Did that right, happen man. to you? It did happen to me. And luckily, it, it was reduced to two thousand. But when you're, you know, financially uh, careful like I am, two thousand dollars is a lot of money. So can yeah. you can you describe the play that you were fined on? Yeah. Long story short, I'm going. We're playing the Patriots in the preseason. I hit Jared Stidham. He just got rid of the ball. It wasn't the timing, but they say I drove my shoulder into him, which when I did come on, uh, go in for the tackle, I did kind of go and land on top of him. However, I did not intentionally drive my shoulder into him on the ground. I, 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 can, I can tell you that it was not intentional, but when the way I was coming for the tackle, you know, I, I, I went low and I drove my feet through contact, which is, that's how I'm taught. But the way I landed was shoulder first. So it looked like my feet had kind of come up and they tried to tell me that Obviously, oh, that's a penalty. It wasn't. I, I argued my case. They heard me out, but they said, all right, well, we'll reduce it, but we're not going to take it away completely. So I, I came away with $2,000 out of my pocket, and I guess that's better than, I think it actually was 13000 originally. So I, I'll take that, but I still was pretty upset about it. How did that appeals process go? Like, did you actually talk? Who, do, who did you talk to? Uh, Brooks, what's his last? Derek Brooks, I believe. I think uh, the linebacker formerly. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's on the committee. So long story short, they they assign you somebody to hear your case. You get on a phone call with them. You appeal it. You, you plead your case. They go back and review it, and they give you an answer. We got to get out of here when we come back. We'll uh, hopefully have the podium with Nate Oates on Big Noon Sports. From T town to the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. If you have first day of spring training ever, and a guy like Christian Miller has come in there as a as a sage and veteran and wise senior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's a great point. You know, I think back to you know my first spring practice. Um, you know, after my freshman year because I didn't early enroll, um, so my first spring practice was. Uh, I guess 2015, spring of 2015, and yeah, you know, you, you're a young guy. You know, you're 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 getting out there with the older guys, and it's your first time doing the spring ball, so you're kind of feeling it out, figuring it out. Versus, you know, when I was going into my senior year, you're now the vet guy. You have to be a leader. You have to go out there. You have to help the younger guys out. You have to help them out with the plays, the structure of practice. You know, the expectations. So uh, you have a little bit more responsibility, but it also feels a lot a lot better because you know. When you go out there for the first time, just like any other thing, you know, your first day of school, first whatever, you know, you have that anxiety because you don't really know what to expect. When you're an older guy, you you know exactly what to expect, you know, what's expected of you. And it's a lot easier to go out there and just kind of have fun with a lot less weight on your shoulders. Yeah, and again, the, I, I think the number one question at Auburn and the number one question at Alabama is who who's going to be – uh, the starting quarterback and um, Hugh Freeze said earlier this month that it's really it was difficult for him to evaluate the returning guys, specifically Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley uh, from last year because they never had time to to throw the ball in the pocket. Um, 
And, uh, you know, Auburn's completely revamped the offensive line. And so uh, we'll, we'll see if, uh, if whoever earns that starting job has more time. But I don't know, Matt, do you, do you lean Ashford in this yeah, battle? I do. I do, I too. Do. Um, you know, I'm not saying this is an easy thing, but it's a great spring for him. And mm. he has all the physical skills. He just needs more confidence in throwing the, throwing the football. He doesn't have that. And his completion rate was 53. Yeah. It was bad. Um, but isn't that what Hugh Freeze does? I mean, is this kind of like perfect, perfect, perfect as far as a matchup? Um, yeah. mean, look, look at the quarterbacks he's had. Oh, uh, he's was done it, a great was it job. Chad Kelly? Yeah. Who was kind of a, you know, kind of a basket case to begin with. Beat Alabama twice. Yep. Um, then there was another, the running quarterback, Bo something. Didn't he give Alabama yeah. fits too? Uh, um, I'm sorry. Bo Reynolds? Yeah. Bo Reynolds, something no. like that? Bo what? Was it Bo Nix? Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it was that. This was um, when. Um, oh, you Bo Wallace. Bo Wallace. There you go. Yeah, Bo, Bo, uh, Bo Wallace. And then he was Ma- a good. He was a good. What about player. Malik Willis? Malik Willis, yeah. Oh, Liberty, right? I mean, he's turned to all these guys, especially Malik Willis. You know, he he transferred out of Auburn because he wasn't going to see any playing time, and then Hugh Freeze turns him into uh, an NFL player. And um, yeah. so, you know, maybe he can work his magic on on Ashford. Um, I think I he will. Did you ever go? Guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do too. Christian, because did you ever I, face? Yeah. Uh, well, so, so I was just going to say, you know, when I was doing the sideline report and for that Auburn game, I kind kind of got to see Robbie Ashford up close and personal. Man, I love his potential. I hate to say that about our Auburn quarterback, but again, I I can't be biased here. It's my job. I just have to be honest. I mean. That guy, you talk about his ability to use his legs to make plays. I mean, that and that he is a smooth runner, you know, very elusive. And it's one of those things, guys, if you put a quarterback in the right system, you operate RPOs, you build his confidence, you, you know, you run the screen game, you just kind of get him going early on. I mean, you don't have to have him making all those breadbasket throws to be successful, right? I mean, you look at a lot of guys now in college, the fact that they're mobile enough, their legs make enough plays for them, they're not the best passers, but they do just enough. I mean, again, I, and I'm not taking a shot at Blake Sims. Blake Sims can throw the football. I mean, I, I was a big fan of his, but you watch, you know, how many times he kept us in games in 2014, uh, just using his legs and, and just making those throws and having a guy like Amari Cooper, I mean, their connection was special. And he ended up setting a bunch of passing re- records. And I remember everybody said, oh, you know, Blake Sims, they didn't really necessarily credit his arm, but you look at what he was able to do. If you take a guy like Hugh Freeze, and a guy like Robbie Ashford with that kind of potential. And uh, I think they could be a, a dangerous combination. I truly do believe that. Hey, we need to get to Nate Oates, and that's exactly what's coming up. His presser pre-Auburn on the other side of this break. Oh, he's here. Let's go. Nate, take the mic. Go ahead, please, sir. Yeah, I mean, excited to have our last home game. Right, it's coming against in-state rival like Auburn. The rivalry's gotten a lot better since I've got here. You know, game's a game that's played on a national stage. You know, these games have always meant a lot for the uh, state of Alabama, but they're now got national meaning. I think that's the case here. You know, we've got a chance to win our second outright SEC championship in the last three years, which is a, a big deal. 
you know, we were, we'd like to win it outright. We can clinch it outright with a win tomorrow. So that's what we're trying to get to now. Focus on the game. You know, Auburn played us pretty tough there. I think they're, they've got some guys playing better basketball. Kitty Johnson's been shooting it a lot better. Wendell Green gave us problems. Jalen Williams gave us problems. We've got got a lot of basketball, you know, certainly not a, a foregone conclusion that we're going to clinch this thing out right. We've got to play a great game. Maybe haven't played our best basketball. We didn't close the game great Saturday, but, you know, I think our guys are locked in. We've had a good couple of days of practice, and we're, we're looking forward to our, our last home game here tomorrow night. Yeah, two if I can. Um, one, with the, the pregame intro, uh, how, how was that handled in kind of the recent days and maybe any punishment handled there? But also, um, just a, a game question too. I mean, Wendell Green, what do you guys need to do better against him this game? Let me take the first one first. I'm glad you actually asked that question. That situation's on me. We addressed as a team. As soon as I brought it up to them, they immediately understood how it could be interpreted, and we all felt awful about it. They explained to me that it's like when TSA checks you before you get on a plane, and now Brandon's cleared for takeoff. We as the adults in the room should have been more sensitive to how it could have been interpreted, and I, I dropped the ball. That's that's said. I dropped the ball, and we've addressed it. I can assure you it won't happen again. As far as the second question with Wendell Green, you know, I – He's great at drawing fouls when he takes threes. You know, he's kind of kicks the leg out. He's got everything going. Like we like he we foul him taking threes too much. We let him get threes off. He's quick. He's great at getting his shot off. You know, we tried all kinds of different guys. We didn't do a very good job. I mean, we had smaller, quicker guys on him to stay in front of him, put some bigger guys on him. Honestly, the guy that probably did the best job was Rylan Griffin, freshman at the end. So we Kind of challenge some of our smaller guards. We got to do better. We've discussed maybe putting more length on him, but uh, he's a really good player. Teams have, you know, great game plans to stop really good players, and they still get buckets. And I, I you know, I said this before. I mean, I, I spent 11 years in Detroit. Wendell's from Detroit. Saw some really good guards like him, and he's one of the best. And I, I got a ton of respect for him. But we, we we've got to do a better job on him second time around. When you guys won the SEC two years ago, it was on the road. It was a COVID season, so not a lot of people there. Would it be a little sweeter to do that on your home floor in front of a packed crowd in a robbery game? Have you talked about that with the guys? Yeah, it would be a lot sweeter than it was at Mississippi State. I mean, it was great two years ago, but the last home game of the season in front of a raucous crowd, I mean, it's Auburn. It'd be much better to do it. Now, like I said, we're not assuming any, that's going to happen. We, we've got to take care of business. So we, uh, but yeah, I mean, we plan on having this place sold out. It's been sold out for a long time. So it'll be a lot better than on the road at Mississippi State. But that, that brings up some special memories, though, because I do remember when we got back. I don't know if you remember when we pulled in. I got a great picture with Fluff that night. You know, he kind of rounded everybody up to make sure they greeted us coming in. But, so that, there's got some special memories back then, but we've also got, you know, be great to do it in front of a, a home crowd with everybody there. So I, I think the more, and that's kind of for you guys to talk about, and it brings up some great memories for me two years ago, 
the more our players start thinking about that stuff, the less they're focused on the game. And I think we've been pretty good at focusing on the game. So we, we've discussed it a, a tad, didn't really get into it much. We more discussed what do we have to do to win the game and stopping Wendell Green and Jalen Williams and Katie Johnson, Flanagan. That's got a lot more to do with it. Once we take care of that, if you know we're fortunate enough to do so, we'll worry about how, you know how nice it is to win, win it at home if, if we're fortunate enough to do that. Oops. That's Nate Oates, and he is uh, talking about Auburn and um, had a very brief, concise thought on uh, the pat-down and an explanation that I had not yet heard. We'll discuss that and more on the other side of the break as you listen to the Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A wind advisory remains in effect this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 78, the low tonight, 51. Tomorrow, dry and mild. The sky partially sunny, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Real Debt Relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-761-5522. 800-761-5522. That's 800-761-5522. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports right here in Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, 
Aniston and the Gadsden area. Appreciate you uh, tuning us in. As I mentioned just before the top of the hour, we'll be going uh, joined in just a moment by uh, Chris Walsh, and I'm sure Chris Walsh uh, was able to listen to the news conference, talk to him last night, text, talk, whatever. Um, and he said he wanted to move it back to here so we would be able to get him on. But then again, that's when I thought the news conference was at 1130. So uh, we may have this thing all discombobulated. But uh, it was interesting to hear one of the things that uh, I think we're all in agreement in watching Auburn, and it was reiterated by Nate Oates, um, watching green play is a delight. And I, I say that, you know, if you're a crimson-colored glasses guy, you have to appreciate Wendell Green Jr. You, and I'm not please, I'm not calling you itty-bitty or anything like that. Okay? <laughs> like Jay Barker. But, but yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> do that. But um, you, you guys are about the same height, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Right, who uh, shoots it better? We're gonna we're gonna get it. Well, I don't know. How I, <laughs> hey, I'll, I here's he gets no screens. You do. <laughs> do you have right. a better chance, Lynn? Yeah. Um, you know, Nate Oates did say on uh, Monday uh, on his radio show that um, you know that they hadn't played very good the last two games, and and, and they haven't. And I don't know if that's because of the off-the-court stuff that has been uh, very much uh, in the news, uh, distracting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it has been interesting, and this point was brought up by Mike Rodak of AL.com yesterday. Like the, the one player that all this stuff doesn't seem to bother, when it, at least on the court, <laughs> is Brandon Miller. I mean, he's playing at an extremely high level. He's playing at Naismith Player of the Year kind of level. He's playing at number two overall draft pick kind of level. Now, I want to um, back up on something yeah. with the Naismith deal. Will this shadow him? Yes. As far as the votes are concerned? Yes. I think I already have an instance where it has. Um, freshman, but, freshman of the week, did you see this? Yes. Go ahead and share that with our listeners. Uh, freshman of the week, which I think Brandon Miller has been six times, maybe seven now. Um, last week he had 41 versus South Carolina, 24 versus Arkansas, uh, 65 total for two games last week in SEC competition. Um, and by the way, Alabama was two and zero. Nick Smith, fabulous player for Arkansas. Love the guy, love the kid, love his game. I mean, he didn't have a shabby week either. He had 26 versus Georgia, 24 versus University of Alabama uh, for a total of 50. So 15 less points, and they went one and one. Alabama went two and zero. Lars, no shimmy-shacking around here. <laughs> had Brandon not been involved in that controversy, would he have been the... Absolutely. Yeah. And he Is said that right? I don't know ex explicitly what the award says. Like, if it's just simply for your performance on the basketball court, Brandon Miller should have won that award. If there is some uh, citizenship element involved, uh, then I can understand why, why the voting went the way it did. But uh, what the, what the point that Nate Oates made on Monday, yesterday was that he just thinks his, his team is due for a good game. And, uh, frankly, I, I do too. I can't disagree with that. 
because Alabama has not been playing as well as they have uh, throughout the season, uh, these last two games. But um, but still, um, you know, they, they did uh, play Auburn earlier this year, as we all know, and they beat the Tigers on the road 77-69. And um, uh, Oates, <laughs> he made headlines after that game as well when he referred to the uh, crazy environment at Auburn as uh, Auburn's, quote, Super Bowl on the same day that the NFL played its championship game. Um, so uh, I don't think that really <laughs> endeared himself to Auburn fans. Not that Nate Oates gives a wit what Auburn fans <laughs> think about him. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I think this will be a, a interesting game, and I just I wouldn't be surprised that I, I've sort of been waiting for this that that Alabama is going to come out and really flex its muscle in one of these games before uh, either right here at the end of the regular season or at the beginning of the SEC tournament. I think they're just going to put everything together and and be right where they want to be as they head into uh head into the tournament as possibly you know the number one overall seed uh i think uh, they still have a little bit of work to do to secure a number one seed probably just win one game in the sec tournament be my guess and they would they i think they'd wrap that up and i think we all believe that they will play their first two games of the NCAA tournament here in Birmingham rounds 1 and 2 um and uh that will be uh great it'll be home court advantage obviously and um you know th- this team has has shown that they play really well at home they play really well when the crowd is behind them the the times that they haven't played well has been on the road let me let me bring christian in because uh he watched the he was in tuscaloosa watched the game um did alabama play down a little bit against arkansas or was it more the razorbacks and the way they played that's tough to say matt i think it could be a little bit of both you know i think especially in basketball there's times you know you just don't always play up to your standard you might not be shooting it well which that's what we kind of saw from them but I also want to give credit to Arkansas because they look like a really good team a, a tough team you know they're really driving the, the ball to the basket so I think it could be a little bit of both to answer your question but uh, I'm, I'm with Lars I think it'd be great to end the regular season on a high note but uh, on a motivating note I'd say you know you, you want to go and win this game convincingly um, you know you want to go into the postseason, you know, feeling very confident. At least that's how I like to put it. You know, I think about football, you know, being able to finish on a strong note always gave us that confidence going into the postseason versus if we kind of played our last game and we struggled a little bit or had some deficiencies. It wasn't the end of the world, but it always felt a lot better um, on your morale when when you, you know, finished on a high note. That way you could bring that momentum into the postseason. Christian, this is a subject that I have spent a lot of time uh, debating with others, talking with. Do you believe in the whole concept of momentum? Wow. You know, I know. that's this a great like, question, Lars. This is like, no, uh, this is like uh, it is a great this question. Plato asking, uh, no, this is Socrates asking Plato. <laughs> I'm the teacher. <laughs> so here, here, here's my take on it, and then I... And I've not studied this. I don't have any scientific backing. I don't have any, uh, you know, results from research. But I will say, 
I do uh, believe in momentum. I know Coach Saban believes in momentum. I've heard him talk about it numerous times. Um, and it's just one of those things now. Is it, um, you know, the, the only factor that matters or the most important factor in any game, any sport? Absolutely not. But I think it does play um, a huge role because I look at times where we're playing an opponent and we're up, right? We're up convincingly. You know, that was typical when we played a lot of, a lot of teams uh, in the most humble way possible. But I would notice there'd be times in the third quarter where sometimes we would start having laps and, and, you know, um, I wouldn't say, you know, just, we just, we're up so much that we start almost taking our foot off the gas. Now the other team goes and they force a turnover. They're jumping up and down on the sideline, even though at the time, you know, they're down three scores, but it's just that little spark of mo- momentum, that little bit of motivation that almost kind of gives them hope. And the next thing you know, it's almost like they start picking up their play. And the next thing you know, they're driving down the field again. And then, um, they can just take off from there. So I do believe in uh, momentum. Um, I, I don't know uh, to what degree that it plays a, a role in these games, but I, I do believe that it, it plays some type of role. Because even with myself, I look at, you know, if I'm starting the game off and I'm getting constant pressure on the quarterback, I'm building off that momentum. Typically, I end up really playing a lot better if I can start the game off on a high note because it's almost like I'm building that confidence within myself and I'm just building off of it, building off of it. And then and the closer I get, I'm just like, in my head, it's almost like I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm about to get a sack. The sack is coming. The sack is coming. And I just keep turning it up, keep turning it up until I get the results that I want. I think some sports, it's more easy to identify. If you don't believe in momentum, watch golf. I mean, a guy just suddenly hits the back nine and he reels off six or seven birdies. There's momentum. Uh, I think I momentum, momentum and confidence almost can be. I, I, uh, I agree, inter- but, but what turns the confidence on? I mean, suddenly the light switch goes off. I will exactly. tell you this: in, in my limits, yeah. in my limited play, is that uh, I can feel it getting away a lot faster than I can feel it coming on. That's true. Yeah, I was about to say there's uh, there's bad Chris momentum Walsh. too now. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> and you know you can see it. Runner gets thrown out. Next guy strikes out. And suddenly, you know, you had a bases loaded situation, and you're out of it. I mean, Jordan uh, Spieth. and then the next team it's a Jordan. Yeah, yeah Jordan Spieth. Uh, Both uh, ways, really, with him. What about yeah. uh, the Cubs yeah. and uh, the the kid who? Oh, Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. Boy, what I a mean, momentum uh, killer he was. I mean, he was. Yes, he did. But but it, but was it because Moises Alou just lost his mind and uh, is yelling at him and his and his teammates see that all of a sudden and it's just like, oh no, the curse is about ready to set in. That puts that, seeds about. That's what it put it in. But Bartman, golly, that, that poor guy's kid. life is. He a lives on kid. a farm. Poor, doesn't talk yeah. to anybody now. No, I've I've been assigned to try to track him down, and it's like I didn't even want to find him. Uh, it's one of those I things can, where I, I tell my editor, that. hey, I've tried, I've tried, yeah. but it's just, I don't want to bother him. And he obviously does not want to be bothered. As when we get back from Bama Central SI, it's Chris Walsh on Big Noon Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A wind advisory remains in effect this afternoon. Mostly cloudy with a few passing showers through tonight. The high today 78, the low tonight 51. Tomorrow dry and mild. The sky partially sunny. The high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
take the first one first. I'm glad you actually asked that question. That situation's on me. We addressed as a team. As soon as I brought it up to them, they immediately understood how it could be interpreted, and we all felt awful about it. They explained to me that it's like when TSA checks you before you get on a plane, and now Brandon's cleared for takeoff. We as the adults in the room should have been more sensitive to how it could have been interpreted. And I, I dropped the ball. That's that's said I dropped the ball and we've addressed it. I can assure you it won't happen again. That from a news conference aired just literally a few minutes ago in Tuscaloosa with Nate Oates addressing the pat down situation in the in the player introductions before the Arkansas game. And he said something that Lars said just yesterday or the day before, and you used this exact, adults in the room. Yeah. Um, I uh, appreciate what he said. I think it's a, a very sincere apology. I think he does feel terrible about it. But uh, Chris Walsh from Bama Central, you're with us now. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, I believe this is apology number four from Nate Oates, if uh, we're keeping score at home. Uh, <laughs> your reaction, Chris, just to everything that's been going on with this Alabama basketball program. In the room. I, I went to the press conference, and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, it, it's I same reaction of, here's another apology. Um, which he's got to do, um, and 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 I'm glad he did it. And um, you know, there's a a really difficult uh, balance isn't the right word, but it's, you'll get the idea of what I'm saying. It's you know he's got a team that's coming up to play big game tomorrow night, big game big game over the weekend, SEC tournament, so forth down the line, and. Um, you know he's he's got to get a team ready to to play in these difficult circumstances and um yeah it's a, I think adult is kind of a key word I I wrote something yesterday on the site about there's obviously been you know a lack of maturity in some respects and uh, you know it's it's you know we're talking about twenty year olds and um, they goofed on this there's no doubt about it but um, you know it's for their sakes, I hope that they can, you know, kind of. All right, let's 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 get back to basketball and let's make it about basketball again, and, and they can move on. Christian, do you have a question? We can follow up here real quick, or uh, Lars and I'll jump in real quick. I guess maybe we kind of got out of order. May have here. lost Christian. Okay. Oh no! Well, sorry. That would no. <laughs> no, I'm here. I, 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 typically, it's Matt, Lars, then me. I, I guess y'all just skipped Matt. I thought uh, Matt was going. I'm sorry. No, I, I uh, no, I, I was just gonna let y'all take this one. Um, well, uh, Christian, when it, I mean, I don't know why I keep it. By the way, it's Chris and Christian. So Matt's having old man disease over here too. <laughs> no, um, I, I messed it all up. Let, let's. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, that's just the, kind of the technical dif- difficulties we we go through here. Um, th- does this is there any chance of suspension? Do you see anything down the line uh, if everything just goes status quo from here out? 
Brandon Miller will be with Alabama, be on the floor till the end of the uh, the NCAA tournament. Is that way you see it? And unless there's something we don't know about, um, because I mean, you look at the you look at the evidence that's been presented. You you know um, the facts that that they're known. You know, it's it's. I, I love these people. Like, well, he should be suspended. It's like, well, for what? You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just it. I mean, he hasn't. It's the district attorney says that you know he he was never considered a suspect. Um, he was considered a witness. The police have uh, have talked to him. You know, obviously he was never arrested, and and it's uh, as far as we know, he has done nothing to break the law. And I think that's kind of the key. I mean, we can get into did he violate school policy? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about these guys were obviously out celebrating after that huge win against LSU. Um, and for you know, Brandon's attorney says he didn't know the gun was in the back seat of his car. I apologize if that just rang through. Um, and unless something comes to light, you have to you have to take his word for it. I mean, um, and did he make? You know, he didn't make the smartest decision, obviously. But we're talking about a twenty year old who's out on a Saturday night, um, and and that's really. I mean, okay, we can get into you know, well, you know, he shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. That that's fine, but we're still talking about a twenty year old who is out on a Saturday night. Um, unless something changes in the story, no, I do not think he would be suspended. Um, I, you know, everything that we're hearing is that he has cooperated with police. Um, and then you're talking about, okay, let's get back to what, you know, what do we actually know? I mean, it's okay. The guy who, the, the guy who pulled the trigger in the shooting, he's in jail. The guy who provided the gun is also in jail. Um, and then, you know, talking to people who are directly and indirectly, you know, know some things about this case, you know, we don't know all the details yet and some things are still going to have to come out. And assuming this goes to trial, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more, but you know, that's obviously going to take time. Um, you know, like give me an example, was alcohol involved or something else? You know, I pretty good, pretty good bet. You know, I would think since it's, Saturday night at, you know, one forty-five in the morning. Um, you know, what are the details for the initial confrontation? How did it escalate? You know, so forth down the line. The Miller's attorney says there's plenty of video that shows exactly what happened. My understanding is you really don't want that getting on public because especially in regards to the family for, for the, the woman who was, who was murdered, mm-hmm. it's, you don't want to see that, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of still, there's still some balls in the air with this, but every indication that we have is, 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 you know, Miller, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's told him what happened from his point of view. There was no intent. There was, you know, he was not directly involved. No, I don't think, it, you know, unless something changes, no, he will not be suspended. 
Chris, I, Chris, I just want to. Oh, oh, go ahead, Lars. Go ahead. <laughs> nope, you got it. You got it. You got it. I'm messing us all up on over. <laughs> Chris, I was just going to ask. And first, I want to say because I don't feel right talking about this without saying this, but I want to give my my deepest condolences to the victim and victims uh, and everyone involved and and their families because this again is a very serious and um, disappointing tragedy. Um, but with that being said, I I just want to ask. I mean. It almost seems like at this point, you know, with with such a large, you know, tragedy taking place, um, and with the the I hate to say it, but the basketball team now being involved and included, I mean, do you feel that 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 is like a a permanent stain on the legacy of this specific team, no matter what the results are from the rest of this year, um, after everything is said and done? Is that is that what you feel? I mean, because I feel like. Unfortunately, that's it's not really going to go away. And and again, I don't want to take anything away from the victim, but it just feels like that this is you know going to be with them um, and this team. Unfortunately, um, no matter of what results they can accomplish, probably um, because you know Darius Miles was part of the team um, at you know beginning of the season, and you know it's it's it's. You know, the season this is not just the NCAA tournament. It's not the SEC tournament. It's obviously off-season workouts. It's this team went on a trip together. They, you know, this team was was building up towards certain things. Now, obviously, he had some things that were going on. He left the team, um, slash, you know, suspended. It, it, it's 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 always going to you know because of that. It, it it's going to be there now. These guys have to try to regroup and move on. They, you know, it, it's they can't do anything about that. Um, so it's yeah. Even though forever and ever we're going to be talking about this team because I, they're doing things that no Alabama team has really has ever done before. Especially if they if they're if they if they're a number one seed and um, they should be. You know, if they if they keep playing like this. But yeah, you're going to see it. You know. You're going to call this up 10 years from now on Wikipedia and you're going to have all this stuff about the team. And then down at the bottom is going to be, you know, here's, here's what also happened and here's what they had to deal with. Um, and this is going to sound really weird. I don't want to say that there's anything positive that comes out of this, but you know, NBA teams are going to be looking how Miller and these other guys have handled the situation. And they're going to be in some ways they are going to be impressed with the fact that they were able to continue to go through, you know, hell basically in a way, and still were able to continue to play, and they're going to be impressed by that. Um, so yeah, there's a number of different ways that this is going to be there, um, but obviously, you know, the overriding thing is somebody was, somebody was murdered, and and you know, there's a five year old boy who doesn't have a mom. Hey, Chris, can you hang another break? Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> yeah, we uh, if, we got a little bit to talk if about. If we don't get two, we feel cheated. Uh, on our way out to break, you know the drill. Tell everybody where they can find you and your unbelievable staff. Uh, Bama Central, we are your Sports Illustrated home for all things Crimson Tide. And, yeah, I mean, we're the only ones who are covering baseball and softball and gymnastics and all these other sports. So, uh, we're busy. We're real busy this time of year. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Chris. 
a national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, we appreciate everyone dialing us in today, whether it be in our, our Birmingham affiliates here with Crawford, also in Tuscaloosa with Tide 100.9, and uh, then over in East Alabama at Gadsden Aniston. Chris, um, it's been pretty impressive how uh, Brandon Miller has performed these last two games on the court when uh, the national spotlight has been on him. I mean, literally, he's been on the national news, not for good reasons, uh, scoring 41 and then 24. Uh, Has that surprised you, how he has uh, just been able to apparently compartmentalize uh, what is going on in one portion of his life with basketball and in the second part of that question is, do you think that it's uh, affecting the other players on the team? Because uh, other than Miller, for the most part, the, the Alabama guys are, are, are not playing as well as, as they have been during the season. And Nate Oates mentioned yesterday um, that he thinks they're, they're all due for a sort of a bounce-back big game. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't see how he can't, you know, not be affecting these guys um, in some way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, you go back to when the shooting happened. I mean, that was January 15th, I think it was. And, you know, it took a while. It's it's The team didn't quite come back right away. It wasn't clicking right away. And um, and it seemed like it's like it's like okay, here we go. You know, they're 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 progressing again. And I'm one of those people. It's like you're always looking for the teams that are really doing really well in February to know who's going to do well in March. Like Kansas, the way that they're playing right now has been really really impressive. That's a very very dangerous team, I think, in the tournament. Um, and, and and I'll mention the team that Alabama just beat, barely got by Arkansas. That's a team out. Nobody wants to play in the SEC tournament. I, I can guarantee you that. That's a very good team. Um, now, having said that, uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely affecting them. And uh, you know, it's it, that's the challenge. I, I think for Oates and and the coaching staff in particular, and maybe maybe they're going to benefit from the fact that tournament time is coming, and that. You know they're going to be up in Nashville for a few days by themselves. Now, granted, players are going to have to do interviews in that in that setting, and it's going to be a little bit different. I'm sure they're going to all, they're going to tell all the players, don't comment, you know, on anything outside of basketball. But they're still going to get those questions. And then the NCAA tournament, it's going to be the same thing. But these guys are going to be surrounded by themselves and the coaches and the support staff, and this is when you can really kind of hunker down. And if they can regain that focus and continue to improve as a team, and I think there's definitely a chance. I mean, Quinterly's been playing, looking great. He's he's beginning to turn, you know, we're beginning to kind of see um, 
kind of the same player from two years ago when he was the MVP of the SEC tournament. Um, yeah, it's 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 affecting them. It's going to be fascinating to watch how it kind of unfolds. And and you know, Auburn tomorrow night, huge game. Be, be you know, last home game of the, of the season for for the Crimson Tide. Uh, I'm going. I, it's I got to be there for that one. Speaking of that game, how critical is this game for them both, you know, in terms of their seeding and, and what it means in terms of um, them in the postseason, but also just for their morale moving forward and almost a, a momentum boost going into the postseason? I, I think it's a lot more important for that morale, the momentum boost, um, because I, they could lose this game and, you know, they still go to Texas A&M and if they win, they're still the SEC champion of the regular season. But they've got a little bit of a cushion again. Uh, the NCAA tournament bracket, I think they're pretty much locked in as a one seed. I mean, unless they lose all three games that they got to play coming up. I mean, that would be Auburn, Texas A&M, and then whichever team they play first in the SEC tournament. Uh, because you're seeing, like, you can see what Purdue's doing. They lost, they're really struggling, and they're still considered a one seed by, by most people. It's, it's the top team, the teams at the very, very top have separated themselves. And so, I, it, it would be almost, it would be extremely hard for Alabama to lose a number one seed at this point. So, I think Auburn game in particular is crucial for this team's psyche, if you will, and that's a lot more important than than any tournament ramifications because I don't think there are going to be that many. Chris Walsh from Bama Central Sports Illustrated is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. Since you do uh, staff all of these different events. Uh, how are Alabama's baseball and softball teams doing to date? Uh, this year, baseball is seven and zero, I believe. Uh, didn't move up in the rankings, but didn't surprise me because they really haven't played anyone. They, they've got a game against Jacksonville State today. Uh, you know, it's a good team. Is it a team that can compete in the SEC? I don't know because the SEC is just brutal. Uh, the, you know, in baseball. Um, but we'll find out, you know, and that's going to be fun to watch. Um, for softball, struggling a little bit. It, you know, they have, they obviously have Montana Fouts is the ace. Uh, does th- this team have the number two pitcher that it desperately needs to get through SEC schedule and uh, postseason? You know, it's they don't want to be riding Montana's arm the whole season uh, because it, it won't hold up. And so that's kind of the big key. You know, they had a they had a kind of a nasty loss on on Sunday and. Um, we'll see how they how they kind of bounce back. Chris, um, just going back to the basketball team, is there a, a player uh, outside of Brandon Miller, uh, the obvious, uh, who is kind of an X factor for you as we head into March? Some uh, a player who uh, you know could kind of come out of the shadows a little bit and emerge as, as a very important cog in the Alabama machine here? They got a lot of guys like that, honestly. I mean, half of me wants to say, well, go look at Quinterly, you know, because he's got experience. He's one of the, you know, he, he's the eldest guy. Uh, he's the veteran of the team. And if he's clicking again, like we've seen before, Alabama is going to be tough to, to knock out. Um, but on the other hand, say like a guy like Nick Pringle, who is, I mean, guy can get up there, you know, and if you've got a third big man who's playing well he, and, and he can play better than 
uh, one of my guys made the point on one of our podcasts of, you know, he might be better than the big man on a, on a, the first big man on, on a lot of SEC teams. Uh, and he's the third guy. Um, the depth on this team is really impressive. And we're going to see some guys step up at different times. And that's you know one of those marks of a really good team. Uh, you know, it's they've got to be considered the favorite to, to win the SEC tournament. They got to be one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Which, um, you know, you've got to have things go right, and 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 that's why we're talking so much about the mental makeup of this team because in terms of depth and talent, uh, they've got it. They're, they're as good as anyone in the country. Chris, uh, I want to switch over to football now. I know we've covered. Uh, pretty much every sport at this point. Robert Bala was just named the new inside linebacker coach, replacing Austin Armstrong. What are your thoughts on the hire? Interesting hire. Um, you know, Saban really loves to have a diverse coaching staff. He likes having, you know, like every single time you see him bring in like one of an older guy, he likes to bring in a younger guy. It just kind of balances out. And and he obviously wanted to go kind of younger with with this hire. Um, and the guy that he had previously hired got snatched up by Florida to be the defensive coordinator. Um, it, my understanding is that he, he interviewed really, really well, and that it's when they got done, everyone in the room was like, that's the guy. Um, so I, I'm curious to meet him. I, I, I want to see what he's like, what he, you know, how he's around the players and so forth. Um, you know, it's it's. I'm still looking at the at the coaching staff and the I'm wondering. I'm still wondering a little bit about Pruitt. If if they can get somehow Pruitt involved back at Alabama in some capacity, um, maybe even as an as an analyst at, at first. Uh, you know, we're going to have to wait and see on that. But um, it's an interesting hire for sure. Hey, Chris, I wanted to ask you uh, just one final journalism question here, and that is uh, on, on Sunday, and we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but on Sunday, the Birmingham News, Huntsville Times, Mobile Press Register, and Mississippi Press published their final newspaper. All of these now, which are owned by the Alabama Media Group, uh, is going to shift to uh, all, de- all all digital delivery. Um Sad day for you. Just a a a, a day that uh, that we all knew was coming. But uh, is there is there part of you that, that aches a little bit that that we are losing uh, the hard copy? Uh, yeah, uh, it's sad day. Very sad day. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been I've worked for four newspapers before I jumped ship. Um, and went all digital. That was back in 2009, and it's 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 all it's, it's always sad to me. Um, and those four newspapers that I worked for, um, one is basically alive and name only. One, uh, the second one went under. The third one's still going, but is is there's gonna they're gonna merge with a, with a couple other newspapers probably very very soon. And then the fourth one was the Tuscaloosa News and. We had a reunion recently uh, with some of the staff and walked through the building because the building's been sold and is closing down. And I took a couple of photos and, you know, this is where the press was. It's, 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 I hate it. Um, and granted, there's, you know, I'm not going to, I hear all the people, I was like, I like to have the, the physical copy, you know, in my hand and, and 
I, I'm one of those guys. Like when I read books, I read a book. I don't read it digitally. I, 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 I like the paper and, and, and so forth. But um, yeah, it's, I hate it. Yeah, I do too. You know, times are changing, but if you don't change with the times, you're going to be stuck in the past. Uh, so <laughs> advance, never retreat. All right, Chris, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, we will be hanging out soon, and uh, you're going to be talking to my classes very soon. I appreciate that on April 6th. Look forward to seeing you face-to-face. And, uh, again, have, have a great rest of the week, Chris. And this is Big News Sports. We'll be right back. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A wind advisory remains in effect this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a few passing showers through tonight. The high today, 78, the low tonight, 51. Tomorrow, dry and mild. The sky partially sunny, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the last segment. Big Noon Sports. I'm Lars Anderson with Christian Miller. Our partner, Matt Coulter, had to uh, take off early to attend to some business. Christian, uh, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. The NFL Combine is going on, and uh, the big question is going to be answered on Thursday, and that is when the quarterbacks will be measured. (laughs) <laughs> and I know it's just a measurement here. Here it comes. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, and, uh, and, and and so then we'll we'll finally know, you know, how tall is Bryce Young? One. Okay, so they measure you when uh, you you have no shoes on, correct? Oh yeah, it's a, a very authentic measurement. Um, it's very accurate. No shoes, um, but I will say if he could have shoes. He would benefit if he had some good feet, arch supports in his shoes. They'd probably help him weigh, uh, measure a little bit taller. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and throw that in there. 
Big thanks to my friends over at the Good Feet store in Tuscaloosa. That's Midtown Village. Um, if you don't know where the nearest one to you is, go to goodfeet.com. You can figure that out. These are those premium art supports that I speak about all the time that help me out with my knee pain, my back pain, my hip pain, you name it. They alleviate and eliminate all types of pain. So give them a try. But most importantly, guys, today is the last day to go in the store and get that free uh, pair of shoes with your uh, qualified purchase. That's a $140 value. So make sure you go in there today. Today is the last day to go to the Good Feet store and get the free pair of shoes with the qualified purchase. So go ahead and head over to Midtown Village, a Good Feet store, or the nearest one near you by locating that by goodfeet.com. But yes, to answer your question, Lars, yeah, it's, it's completely accurate. No shoes, no socks. Um, they, they, they're going to get that actual height. They're going to press down on your hair. You know, some guys have hair. Bryce has a little bit of hair up there. They're going to make sure they get it right. Um, and I, I'm assuming he's going to be just shy of 5'11", if I had to guess. Now, would that deter me from drafting him? Not really, but uh, I'm sure some GMs and scouts are going to start coming up with some reasons and start having some doubts once that official number comes out. Yeah, I, I, I would say, hey, man, go to the tape. And just watch him play. I think exactly. uh, scouts and GMs just overthink this too much. Uh, ESPN's Todd McShay came out and said, look, uh, he's going to measure at 5'10 and a half, and he's going to weigh right around 195. Um, Christian, when you were in the NFL and you were playing against a shorter quarterback, were there things that you did that were different as if you uh, as opposed to when you were going against a, a guy who is uh, 6'4", 220? That's a good question, Lars. I mean, the most notable thing that you'll see defensive line units do against shorter quarterbacks is they'll make notes, you know, going into this game saying, hey, we need to do a good job of getting our hands up. We have a great opportunity at batting balls down, you know, shorter guy, um, just try to disrupt them with putting our hands up. You know, forcing some some incomplete passes by batting balls down. So that's typically um, the main um, adjustment that you might see when you're facing a shorter quarterback. But honestly, I mean, we see them so much more often in today's game, Lars, that they're finding ways to adapt. You know, they're, they're not just sitting back in the pocket. If, if they can't see or they're getting pressure, I mean, they're, they're elusive enough to, to clear the way or, or extend the play with their legs, get outside of the pocket that way they can see, then drive the ball downfield. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, batting balls down, sure, but – um, it's what you just said, Lars. I mean, just turn on the tape. I mean, this guy did it at the highest level at the best school in the country, best program in the country um, on a consistent basis. And that was at that height. That was at the his, the weight he played at, whether it was 180-something, 190-something, who knows? The guy was a Heisman Trophy winner and a damn good quarterback his entire time here. And he and hardly faced any injuries. Um, I could be wrong, but only the one that comes to mind right now is the shoulder injury which look how fast he came back from that injury. That would be my argument to anybody as dubious of Bryce. Look how fast he came back from that AC joint injury. Not only did he come back fast, but he was highly effective, you know? And, and he, yeah, he, he played, played really well. Yeah, he played real. Yeah, he played really well against Tennessee. I mean, that may have been his best game of the year. I mean, he made some throws that were just unbelievable. Um, but, mm. but Todd McShay, again, uh, who I respect and I like, he uh, said about Bryce, he said, quote, if I'm a GM, I'm scared to death of drafting him. What is, what is he just, scared of? I, I, don't, I mean, I, that's what I would love I, to ask I, him. It, what are you scared of? If it's reliability, the guys prove that he's reliable, that he's durable. 
Like, what are you scared of? I mean, there's quarterbacks that are under six foot in the league right now. I get it. He does have a small stature. He's not the the, the thickest guy. He, you know, but look, you can add weight. You can't add height, but I guarantee you, you can add mass. You can add weight. It's not going to slow him down. It's not going to affect his throwing ability. The guy's going to develop. He's still a young guy. I mean, he's, he's maybe, what, 21? If that, you know, so look, he's going to put on some more weight and, and he'll be just fine. And, and I, I guarantee you, Bryce Young is going to have a phenomenal NFL career, not just because his physical attributes, but really what's, what's between his eyes. That guy is a very smart guy that you heard the, those coaches come out. I mean, he was breaking down film the day after games and offering his input and they were considering it. I mean, if the Alabama coaching staff is considering what he's seeing on tape and his suggestions, that tells me this is a top-tier guy mentally, and I want to take a chance on that guy. Damn his height, damn his weight. The tape never lies, like my dad always said, and that's and the proof is in the pudding. So some comps to Bryce Young. Drew Brees, 6'209". Russell Wilson, 5'11", 206. Kyler Murray, 5'10", 207. I know Bryce yep. is currently at 194, but... I, Look, I think he's going to play at like 210. I mean, I, I think he has the ability. He's still so young, as you mentioned, to really put some uh, put some uh, weight on his frame. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Tuesday edition of Big Noon Sports. We will talk to you in 22 hours. Everybody be safe.